This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, as you know by now, I love history. I mean, I love stories about history. I've talked a lot about Roman history and the things that I like from that. I like period piece movies. Uh, I even did a podcast episode early on in this podcast about Cincinnatus, uh, the Roman general that basically came out of retirement to save the Republic and then to basically go back into oblivion. And so I love stories like that. But here's the thing about history is most of the really cool stories. And I mean, like the, the really, really awesome stories. We all seem to know about them. Right. I mean, they've been written about in textbooks or maybe they were we were even taught them in elementary school or whatever the case might be. But as you dig deeper into different pockets of history, you get these incredibly overwhelming stories and you never really know when you're going to get one of those. Okay, so a buddy of mine named Ryan Parsons, he's uh, here in uh, he and I go to the same church here in Edmond, Oklahoma. He sent me a text out of the blue. It was like late one night, like a Saturday or or Sunday night. He's like, hey, I was down in uh, Houston this weekend. I heard this pastor give this sermon and I just wanted to kind of share it with you. So uh, this was a sermon. Uh, I have video of it from back in 2014. So I don't know if he he gave the talk again or whatever the case may be. But either way, uh, this was by a guy named Eric Stevens, uh, which I think he's part of something called Life Changing Ministries in Sugarland, Texas. So they don't really have a, a big website or anything like that. But anyway, it was this sermon that was, you know, 40, 45 minutes long and it's called Soldier. That was the name of it. And so the thing about this is, you know, I like Ryan and he sent me the the thing and I was like, okay, well, he doesn't normally send me content. So I, if he sends me content, I'm sure it's pretty good. But the first five or 10 minutes of it, I was like, God, this guy freaking sucks. I mean, he's just got a weird cadence. He's got a very weird delivery and kind of the, you know, the different things he does with his voice is a little bit strange to me. Uh, so fair warning to that here in a second when we get into the clip, but he told an unbelievable story. And I'm so glad because I was very tempted to, you know, just turn this thing off and move on to the next thing in my life. I'm so glad that I, I hung on long enough for him to talk about Legio 12 Fulminata. Okay, and he's going to go in and explain this. So what I want to do is I want to play this story for you because I was going to go and do the research myself and just kind of give you the story. But again, this guy does a really good good what you know job I guess of of doing this story if you can kind of get past his voice which you kind of get used to a couple of minutes in but it's going to be about 15 or 16 minutes or so of him telling you the story and then we're going to come back in. So let's go ahead and go into the story of Legio 12 Fulminata. Many of you may not know where Sebast is, but I was just in Istanbul. And it turns out that in eastern Turkey, there was a town called Sebast. And in about the year 320, there was an event there that men are still writing and telling stories about to this day. We're learning from a man named St. Basil. St. Basil lived from the year 330 to 379 A.D. He was a pastor, then called bishop, in Caesarea. He has a sermon on some events in 320 in Sebast that has survived to this day. He was alive within 50 years and preaching within 50 to 60 years of the actual event. It can be corroborated from several sources in history. St. Basil, a man of God, preached a message recorded to this day. And it is about a time period where a man named Lucinius 
was ruling the eastern half of the Roman Empire. Before we get into Lucinius, you need to know who was ruling the western half of the Roman Empire. A man named Constantine, who achieved the title of Pontificus Maximus on October 28, 312 A.D., had the other half of the empire. Rome was split during these days. There was a battle at Malvern Bridge where it is said that Constantine looked into the sky and saw the words in Latin, in hoc signio versus. By this sign, you shall conquer. He goes on to win his battle, and in 313, he issues an edict of toleration. The edict of toleration says this, we have been killing Christians for three centuries, and it has not stopped the growth of Christianity. There may be something to these people's religion. My personal opinion is that Constantine was never a Christian. But that is just my personal opinion. His rival in life was a man named Lucinius. And he ruled all of the areas that Constantine was unable to conquer. But for a short time, these two men agreed on the Edict of Toleration. It would be best for Rome to stop oppressing these people. We can move on to other things. We have more pressing concerns. Lucinius agreed, and they had a compact between them. The thing is, is that Lucinius had no idea how many actual Christians there were. See, Christians had been meeting in underground places, and when they were caught, they were flayed alive. They were burned at the stake. They were put in gloomy dungeons and they were fed to beasts. And now that they were officially protected in the sense that they were allowed to be tolerated, they were coming out of the woodworks. And when Lucinius got an idea of their real numbers, he broke his compact with Constantine and he decided that he needed to persecute these people. In the year 320, because of a fear of rebellion, he appoints a man named Agricola to go to Turkey and identify the Christians in the town of Sebas. It turns out that as he is offering people the chance to renounce Christ, most of the legions had no problem doing so. Their allegiance to Jesus was superficial and political. But there was one legion, Legio the Twelfth, Fulminata. Fulminata is Latin for they come with lightning. Proudly stood up and said, we will not renounce our love for Jesus Christ. The reason that we were named Fulminata, we come with lightning, is because we win. And the reason that we win is because we pray before we go into battle. We call upon the king who has saved us and say, Lord, if this cause is just, we're asking that you would deliver us. And we have fought many battles and he has delivered us many times. We cannot deny him now. So they tried at first to bribe Legio Fulminata. And they were unable to get them to compromise. 
Forty in particular of the most valiant soldiers stood and they gave this response when bribery turned to torture. These Christian soldiers were offered money and honors in order to induce them to join the ranks of the heathen. Then came threats of indescribable tortures. And here was the answer the soldiers gave. Do you have blessings of equal value to those you endeavor to deprive us of? Can you give us what we would have to give up to choose you over our Jesus? We hate your gift because it means our loss. We do not accept honor, which is the mother of dishonesty. You offer us money, which remains here. Glory, which fades away. We have despised the whole world. Those things we see in the world, we do not have for us the value of the heavenly things which we hope and long for. We are afraid of only one punishment. The punishment of the fires of hell. We are ready for your torture. You may twist our bodies and you may burn them. We stand ready. On themes of loyalty, perseverance in adversity, unity and reward. Are you beginning to feel their inspiration? The judge was infuriated by the courage of these brave Christians and so he devised a slow and most painful way of putting them to death. You see, Agricola had been a part of earlier times. They had seized Christians in other places and they had lit them on fire. And as the flesh fell off of the bones, they witnessed those Christians singing hymns. They had burned them with hot irons and seen that that did not turn them away. They had fed them to lions and seen that that did not discourage them. So Agricola came up with a different idea. There is a pond outside of this town and it was frozen over because it was winter. Perhaps dying by fire is too quick. Let's let the whole town Watch these 40 go out onto the ice, stripped naked. And as they one by one turn away from Jesus, then the whole town will be convinced because it takes a lot longer to freeze to death than it does to burn to death. Agricola was inventive, if nothing else. I don't think he had planned on the response of the soldiers. He had hoped to strip them. He had hoped to have to forcibly drive them out onto the ice. But as each soldier went, they took off their own garments, walked in unison and said, we are not merely putting off our clothes tonight. We are putting off the old man, which is corrupt according to its deceitful lusts. Can you imagine how angry Agricola must have been When he not only heard somebody quote Ephesians 4.22, he saw them living it out. They encouraged each other. One account says they held hands with these words. Let us persevere a little longer and we shall be warmed in the bosom of Christ. 
as they arrived in the center of the ice, their feet began to stick to it. As they rocked back and forth, trying to keep warm from the cold, the skin on their feet tore because it was stuck to the ice. So now the blood covered the ice. It's reported that a witness overheard one of the soldiers telling the others, Friends, we were ordained to be friends in this life, this very temporary life. Let's not let us now be separated for an eternity. We must stand. Agricola saw their courage and he got an idea. He had large tubs of water brought to the edge of the ice and heated a jacuzzi of sorts. And they built fires at the edge of the ice so that the soldiers in their suffering could see the relief in the distance. And then they brought out food and began to have a banquet One of the men in the 40, overcome by his desire to warm himself, overcome by his desire to appease his own flesh, yielded and became reprobate. As he left the center of the circle, venturing for the hot bath, trudging upon the ice to get to the food and the warmth of the fire, he fell dead before he reached the shore. And one of the soldiers remembered Matthew 10 and 22. Would you put it on the screen, please? All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And the 39 began to pray together. And as they began to pray, it said that they recited Psalm 53. Let us read it together now. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. God looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Everyone has turned away. They have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good. No, not even one. Will the evildoers never learn? Those who devour my people as men eat bread and do not call on God. And with this very scripture, they began to call upon the Lord to help them stand. They just saw their brother fall. Fall eternally. Fall in the flesh, yes, but fall in the spirit even more so. They saw his life consumed like bread. And they asked God that they would have the strength to stand. Eyewitness accounts say that two things began to happen. As the 39 faithful remained in the center of the ice, freezing to death, a light appeared above their heads. And the men felt themselves strangely warmed. 
while they were dying. But it's what the men saw on the shore that is really the most interesting. When one of the Roman soldiers, who was assigned to make sure that they did not leave the ice, saw that the men were overcoming their agony, when they saw that the cowardness of the man who turned away and the courage of the men who stayed, convinced by the sincerity of their position, he said he saw what appeared to be crowns on top of the 39 men's heads. And he began to strip off his clothes and say, I receive Christ. And he joined them as they sang and they prayed on the ice that day. Oh, friends, will you be crowned? Alagleus is what the man's name was that found Jesus hours from his death because he was willing to be stripped and frozen to death because he admired the courage of those who stood for their faith. I wish I could tell you that there was a divine deliverance. I can't. I can say precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. And Alagleus, along with his 39 friends, froze to the death on the ice that night. But it was noted by Basil when preaching that God had ordained 40 martyrs And even when one fell away, he was big enough to replace him with a 40th. And he got his offering that night. Turkey remained Christian despite Rome's best efforts until our times. Today, Turkey is Muslim because Christians have often lost their courage. I mean, what a powerful story. Again, that was Eric Stevens with that Stevens with a PH uh, with Life Changing Ministries there with that story. And again, there there's more there after that. And there was certainly some before that section. But I just wanted to share that story with you guys, because I, I don't know if that's a common story. Like, I don't really know what circles I would have had to have rolled in to, you know, have heard that story before. But I had never heard that. And it was just so overwhelming to hear about that group. I mean, w- one of the cool things just right there at the beginning is that full monotony in Latin means they come with lightning. I mean, if you're going to be in any type of military or any type of fighting group or something like that, if your name means they come with lightning, that's pretty dope. Okay. Let's just establish that from the very beginning. And I don't feel like this story needs a whole lot more. I think you guys probably got a lot from it again. uh, I think he could have um, you know, elucidated some other points a little bit further, but I, I think he made his point in the context of his sermon. But I want to kind of give you just four quick reasons of why I love this story. And the, the first one's easy. It's a story of toughness, right? I mean, you just have to think about the toughness to endure something like what those soldiers did. But again, you're, you're thinking physically probably whenever I said that, but also just to mentally be there in that moment Uh, in front of a judge and to have the courage to say the things that you said to that person who literally had life and death, your life and death in his hands and those of your 39 brothers. 
It's an incredible story of toughness. And then the the second thing and the second reason why I love the story is because it's a story of brotherhood. I mean, for most of us in our lives, we will literally die alone. And I don't mean that we're, you know, going to die with no no loved ones around or something like that, but it's just going to be us, right? Our loved ones will still be there when we pass on, more than likely, right? But this was an opportunity for 40 soldiers to die together, but not in battle. I mean, just think about how unique that was. I mean, a Roman soldier dying was was not exactly an uncommon thing at that time period, or really any time period um, during the, the Roman Empire, right? But to have these 40 men and, you know, went down to 39 and then became 40 again, to have them all die together in the same way, making the same declaration, I mean, that's that's something different. And, you know, most of us aren't going to have that opportunity. I don't know that anybody listening to this would necessarily sign up for that. But just think about how unique of a circumstance that was. I guess the third reason why I love this story is it's a story of resilience. Guys, you know, we love talking about resilience here at Undaunted Life. And we talk about that all the time in all kinds of different contexts. But you have to have a resilient mindset if you're going to do something like this. Because it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to kind of act it out, but these guys did not die slowly. Now, as Eric Stevens said in this uh, kind of recounting of the story, he said that they were basically walking on top of frozen water, but there are other places in history where it's actually described that these guys were in freezing cold water, that it wasn't exactly frozen over completely. So there's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit up in the air, but either way, these people froze to death. And that is not a very quick process. Again, I mean, you, you hear stories about people that are burned alive and as horrific as that would be, um, it's, it's pretty well known in scientific and medical circles that the nerve endings in your body, if you're burned alive, that they burn off fairly quickly. Again, I'm, I'm saying this, it's a horrific way to die, but it's not a prolonged way to die. It it can really consume you fairly quickly. The cold is something entirely different. And so for 39 of these men to endure what they endured physically and the the tricks and the games it had to play on them mentally. And you have to think Satan was all over this as well, you know, and it looks like Satan got to one of them and, and that, you know, led to him basically trying to run and save himself. And that actually ended up killing him quicker than it did his brothers. But it's, it's absolutely a story of resilience. But the last reason why I love this story is because obviously this is a story of Jesus. This is a story of the gospel because Jesus was an unbelievably tough human being. He was a tough person. He also had his brotherhood. He had his apostles. And this is a very, very resilient man as well. So when we think about in the context of undaunted life, spiritual, mental, and physical resilience, why, why do you think I say that? Like, where do you think that comes from? Like, I, I didn't just pull that out of my rear end, guys. I mean, this is the story of Jesus. I mean, has there ever been another human being that was as spiritually, mentally, and physically resilient as him? I mean, easy answer, guys. It's not a trick question. It's no. Never been anyone even close. And so for us, if we're going to be disciples of Jesus Christ, we have to be able to model those same things. Now, most of us are not going to die in this dramatic, extreme way, right? I think it's fairly safe to, to assume that the people listening to this, that's not the experience that you're going to have. But you are going to have times in your life where you need to be tough. 
You're going to have times in your life where you need to depend on the brothers around you. Like a lot of my brothers are listening to this right now, right? I'm talking to you guys. I'm talking about you as it refers to me, and I'm talking to me as it refers to you. And guys, you have to be resilient. There's going to be constant opportunities for you to work on that. And so I know it might seem like we're a little bit of a broken record, but again, that's the whole theme of this thing, to cultivate manly resilience and specifically spiritual, mental, and physical resilience and toughness. Those are the things that you're going to need to just get through life. I mean, I'm not even just talking about your your discipleship with Jesus Christ. I'm just talking about life in general. Resilience and toughness is one of those keys to living. But again, if we're going to learn from the example of Jesus Christ, we have to live this out. And Legio number 12, Fulminata, they certainly did that. All right, guys, before we let you out of here, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know by now, we are a men's ministry, and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. And specifically, we do that by providing content like this podcast that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. And so we're going to help you with the mental and spiritual resilience today. So we're going to give you the audio and the video for this entire sermon. So if you want to watch the entire sermon called Soldier by Eric Stevens, that's going to be in the show notes. And then in addition to that, I thought you might want some other information on the 40 Martyrs of Sebastian. So I'm going to give you the Wikipedia page. I know Wikipedia is not exactly a bastion of uh, completely historically accurate content, but there are a lot of footnotes here, so you can kind of go search around and figure out uh, all the things about the story of these 40 men. Guys, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Google Play and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. Guys, if we deserve a five-star review, please leave us one and a few sentences letting us know why you like the content. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the remainder of 2019, so if you want me to come speak to your men's event, to your group, to your team, whatever, hit me up. Info at undaunted.life. Again, that's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. The website is www.undaunted.life and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Undaunted Life or Facebook.com backslash Undaunted Life. Check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links to all of this are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, Keep cultivating manly resilience. Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah.